Well, good morning, church. Good morning, everybody online. As we come into the house of God, let's prepare our hearts for what the Holy Spirit wants to do today. So why don't we stand to our feet? We had a great first service. Holy Spirit showed up in a, new, in, a, in a neat, unique way. So we're excited to see what he does here. Let's just yield to him right off the start. Can we do that? This right now. Let's just yield to the Holy Spirit. Let's just begin to ask him to take those things that have, you know, kind of weighed us down this week. Those things that our thoughts have been drawn to over the last week. Let's just lay those down and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come and to move in this place. So Holy Spirit, we come this morning with all our baggage, with all of our stuff, and we willfully choose to lay that down at your altar right now. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this place this morning, that you would not only touch our hearts, but that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us. And Father, that we would come into a new revelation of who you are in our lives, God. Father, we pray that your will would be done in this place this morning. In Jesus' precious name, let's honor him and worship him. When scripture says, ask and you shall receive, receive doesn't mean this. Oh, you'd like something here. Let me get that for you. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Sit down. Be comfortable. Okay. There. Receive means you can have it. Come and get it. Come and take it. It's an active thing whosoever will when you ask you receive but the receive is he's not your servant Holy Spirit is not your servant you may have but you have to come it's on his terms come and take possession of the kingdom did you feel the ripple in the air when I said he is not your servant I just feel right now that the Lord wants to put his hand on one specific thing. I feel like he wants to heal our minds. I feel like there are minds in this place where we get caught in certain thinking habits and there are certain things we get drawn to constantly. And I feel like the Lord is saying right now, I want to come and I want to heal your minds where your minds actually begin to stray away from you. At times they even own you. I feel like the Lord is saying right now, if you want that, just put your hands on your head. Father God, we pray for a healing over our minds in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Heal our minds, Father. Heal our minds, Father God. Where our thoughts stray away, where our focus strays away, God. Father, heal our minds that we may be focused, that we may look at you, that we may call on you, that we would not fall for some of the traps that our thinking causes us but that we would take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. So, Father, heal our minds in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I I read a quote this week, and I'm totally going to destroy it. And I think it was Catherine Coleman. But the quote was this, and it was, if we pray for revival, we're going to be severely disappointed. But if we pray for Jesus, revival will happen. Wherever you're at with God this morning, wherever you're at with church, whether someone's hurt you, you bothered by someone, whether, uh, you know, the flags are weird, 
whether you come into church or you're watching online and church, the, the church isn't what you expected or, or you know what, you don't even know if, if there is a God. I feel like there's a call right now to just wait on him. Because when we wait on Jesus, he will show up. And we might be praying for revival, but Jesus is like, I'm actually going to show up in a different way. And I feel like this morning that there are so many watching online, there are so many uh, here in this room who we've been praying and believing and asking for, for, for healing. We've been asking for that son or daughter to come home. We've been asking for, for this and for that. And, and, and Jesus is just saying, hey, just, just you know what? I've got it. Just focus on me. I hear the word alignment, and God, I thank you that all across this room, watching online, God, that bones are being realigned. The things that have been messed up and broken are being put back into place. And God, I also claim that for families. That, that where sons and daughters have run away, where parents and, or moms and fathers have run away, God, that you would bring an alignment to those situations. That there would be a healing, there would be a restoration. And God, in people's minds, I pray that pornography is broken. That the, where there has been a trap, that trap is over and, and done. God, that where we have held on to bitterness, I thank you that your miracle of healing is flowing right now. It's interesting that Paul mentioned Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman understood atmospheres. There's an atmosphere of miracles in the house. One of the things we have to understand about miracles, it's not something that God gives. It's not something that the Spirit does like a gift. When we think gift, we think it's something that is handed off. You can't separate miracle to the deity of God. It is who He is. It's not something that He gives away freely. It's the acceptance of Jesus Christ. It's the acceptance of the gift. We've been overseas. Many of you know we've been overseas. And we've always looked for these like special moments, right? Where it's just, the formula is just right. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The first miracle that we saw overseas was after a service. Nobody was around. I lit, reached up my hand to heaven and the power of God came down. I did nothing. There was no formula. There was no special sound. It just came. The power of God just came. We're in that atmosphere now. We have an atmosphere of miracles. Heaven is laden with miracles. It's the desire of the heart of the Lord to give miracles. So let's get past the mindset that it's something that God gives. It's the very nature of God. When the waters are stirred, the miracles are happening. As Paul said, miracles are already taking place in this house. I've seen miracles happen, and the acknowledgement of the miracle and a healing will come a week later. I don't know, you put that in your, your understanding. But the manifestation is what we're going after, the manifestation of the kingdom of God on heaven. So I just want to loose the power of God being manifest in the room. And if you're online and you need a miracle, see all the, um, all the revivals that have happened in the earth are sparked by a healing. The greatest evangelists have been healed. They've encountered the healing power of God. You read in scripture all the time, somebody's healed and they go to another city and the entire city is transformed. 
I believe that's the authority that has been given to Community Church right now to spark healing revivals, not for the house, but for a nation. So, Lord, I loose the power of your spirit across a nation in the name of Jesus. I say there is more than enough to go around for an entire nation. Lord, we call upon the healing rooms to manifest in Canada. I call out Saskatoon. I call out Regina. I call out Prince Prince Albert. I call out Bonneville. I say to you, geographic locations, there is healing coming. So those of us in the room, let's just pull on the lightning of God. The lightning of God. Just put your hand up. There's a difference between belief and faith. Belief is something inside. Faith requires action. So just as a prophetic declaration to the Lord, Lord, I want your lightnings. Lord, I want your healings. The greatest healing evangelists are the ones that have actually received a healing. The ones that can teach on the healing anointing are ones that have seen the manifestation of the healing. And one of the lies that I want to come against is the lie that the healing has to happen tomorrow or we have to wait for a healing, or I don't deserve a healing now. In the name of Jesus, we break the lie. It is the nature of God to heal. It is the very reason he went to the cross. It is the very reason he took on stripes. So Lord, we loose the blood uh, of Jesus. I see healing rooms coming into Ottawa. I see healing rooms coming into St. John's, Newfoundland, and St. John, New Brunswick. Lord, we spark from this governmental house today a healing movement across the nation and unto the nations in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that you are the God of miracles. God, we thank you that when, when, when we do our part and we draw close to you, that you do your part. God, we thank you that, that, that when we don't draw close to you, that you still do your part. And God, I believe and I thank you that with our hands raised, that you are moving. You are moving in our bodies. You are moving in our families. You are moving in our community. You are moving in our community. You are moving in our community. 2021 is the year of community. And so God, I thank you that you are moving in the community of Spruce Grove. I thank you that you are moving in the community of Stony Plain. I thank you that you are moving in the community of Parkland County. I thank you that you are moving in the community of Edmonton. I thank you that you are moving in the community of Alberta. I thank you that you are moving in the community of Canada. And so God, we say whatever you want to do, just do it. Come here. This is my daughter, if you don't know. Um, so I injured my knee like three weeks ago now. And uh, at various times, I got my dad to come over and pray for me. And he kept saying, God, have glory in how you heal Bethany. So they were talking about prayer, and I got down on my knees, which have been hurting a lot. 
to the point where I didn't want to drive home at times because my knee was in so much pain, and I'm perfectly fine. And it was at like 90% before I leaned over to my dad and I was like, hey, I think I'm like mostly healed. And he's like, hey, are you okay to testify? And I was like, yeah. And then I got the last 10%. What happens when God gets loose? What happens when we get out of his way? What happens? You are eyewitnesses. The Spirit of God will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in the earth. You are in the room when it happened. You are eyewitnesses now of a miracle. Online, you saw it. You are an eyewitness to a miracle. I can testify this is my daughter. I know the journey of the last three weeks. I saw the pain. So, what you've seen in the middle of nowhere in a quiet place, announced from the rooftops. I got a bunch of notes. I didn't get anywhere near them this morning. And I told them what I'm going to tell you right up front. I am a walkie-talkie. So keep up. Cameras, keep up. The beginning of Acts, one of the major things that set Stephen apart, he stepped into service to the widows. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. So if you are in this house and the Lord is saying something to you about that, it's a good way to get fed. A chunk of this came out of being in the dish pit last weekend for the ladies' retreat. So God shows up where you serve. And Mark has said repeatedly in this house, my people will be volunteers in the day of my power. What do you think a day of power looks like? We're going to get testimonies from online. People, there's going to be people that go back to watch this. Not just the, the, the sphere that we've been in. There's going to be people who go back to see Did you see that? Here's where it started. It's going to start trading online. Here's the testimony that I'm talking about. We're all human in the room. We're all human in the room. We're family. That's what this body has been working on for decades. We're family in the room, and we're well aware of our humanity. We're well aware. Why am I emphasizing that? Because God is not surprised by our humanity. He's okay with it. He'll work with it. Casey, are you still in the room? Do you want to come in and share that bit that you came over and, and shared with me? Because when the Spirit starts to move... Light comes swung over, and you start seeing all sorts of humanity. I'm assuming it's the, the contact cement part? Okay. So what I saw early in the service was, has anybody worked with contact cement before? So contact cement works by having two surfaces, and you put the, surf, the contact cement on one surface, and you let it dry, and you put the contact on another surface and you let it dry. 
there was a stickiness in the spirit this morning. There's a stickiness. And what happens is when you bond the contact cement, you can't unbond it. You have to set it just perfectly right because you're not getting that thing off. They actually put sticks in between the two pieces of material so when it comes down, it's not misaligned. It's perfect because it's a one-shot deal. There's such a stickiness on earth and there's such a stickiness in heaven and this morning was a palpable marriage of the two surfaces. So Lord, we just loose the marriage of heaven and earth. We've been praying for a long time, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when the two surfaces come in contact, it's unshakable, it's unmovable, it is what it is. You can't change it, you can't reverse it. And so that was what I saw. And what he connected that to is when revival hits, you start seeing all kinds of flesh. And there's this sense of religion in the air. You better do it right or it can't be God. Anybody here done everything right? Too many hands. (laughs) Holy Spirit is entirely about getting around every obstacle that's thrown up in his path whether it's religion or politics or preferences, whatever it is, he's going to get around it or he's going to break it down. Religion cannot confine Holy Spirit. If you do a quick survey in your mind across the Bible, there is a lot of weird stuff. And those are the rules we're supposed to be matching? You've got a whole group of people that have to be delivered from Egypt and they're out in the desert and they run into the Red Sea. Here's God's plan. Moses, get out of your tent, walk over to the shore, and do this. What is that supposed to do? I mean, this is the epitome of flesh sticking out because you got millions of people, and they're all focused on Moses, looking to him because we followed you this far, stuff's happening, now we're in it. What are you going to do? And word spreads through the camp. Did you see what Moses just did? Walked out of his tent, and he went back to his tent. And the wind blew all night. How many people do you think slept that night really well? Here's humanity and divinity walking together, right? You do your little part, but we got to be okay with that recipe. Like, what happens every time, you know, Jesus runs into people that are sick or, you know, Jesus, the glory of God, right? That the Most High Himself manifested on the earth. He's right there in front of you. What happens? People respond by, like, this is a favorite one. You know, Peter, after the resurrection, there's Jesus on the shore. Peter's out fishing in the boat and whatnot. You know, one of the buddies says, hey, Jesus is on the shore. Peter's like, right, get my coat, put it on, jump in the water. Like, these are the responses of humanity to divinity showing up. Right? You know, a paralytic guy is on a stretcher, and his four buddies go, you know, we could just tear the roof off. And that seems reasonable, right? In the natural, you want to do what? We're going to have to pay for that. You know, like, that might be jail time, dude. But humanity and divinity together are doing this stuff. 
And religion tries to restrain the response of people and tries to say, you can't do it like that. You're not qualified. You're not ready. You're not good enough. That's not how he does it. This is Jesus, right? I mean, all right. Wouldn't it be just like God if he didn't need glasses after this? <laughs> Holy Spirit is not at all surprised about who we are. He's totally okay with broken vessels. Anything... Huh, you've heard this scripture. All thy works shall praise thy name. All thy works shall praise thine. Anything that's born of flesh, anything that comes out of our soul or whatnot, you get a paycheck on that, you get attention, right? You know. So he's totally cool with broken, weak, busted. So what does that mean? It means you're all qualified to minister the gospel. He's put divinity inside humanity and said, this is going to be great. Go! But there's this mindset that we get into that somehow disqualifies us or, or later. You're not ready. Or a long time ago, I may have even said this before, somebody, I won't say who it was, decades ago said, what are you going to do in the day when the presence of God is so strong that a prostitute walks in the front door and gets saved, gets filled with the Holy Ghost walking down the aisle and is prophesying by the time she gets to the front, what are you going to do? So we've got to make room for the unexpected and the unannounced and the, did you see that? And you've got to make room for it being you doing it. So take off performance. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confuse the wise, He's chosen the weak things to overpower the strong. Ezekiel, prophet of God, have I got a word for you? You got too many clothes on, buddy. It's time to lay naked in the street. Build a sandcastle and then make war against it. How would you like that for a prophetic word? I'm sure yours are easier. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. He's not going to set you up for there when you're ready for here, right? It's, it's not buildings when you're playing with Lego. He's <laughs> but if he's giving you Lego, be faithful with Lego. Because you don't know what he can do with Lego. <sighs> okay, I'm so far. I'm skiing outside the wake. You know, water skiing? And you just <sighs> Okay. So I'm going to try and come back in here a little bit. One of the things... Holy Spirit reminded me of is he is not the force. He is not just an atmosphere. He is not crowd energy. He's not positive vibes in the room. He is a person. He is the Lord Most High. He is the sovereign God. And Jesus said, it's better for you guys that I leave because I'm going to ask the Father for something better. How do we know it's better? Because Jesus said it's more profitable for you that I go. Let's see if any of these make sense in the moment. 
I don't know, in the room, in the last week, if you've had a God dream, put up your hand. Put it up high so everybody in the room can see it. In this last week, who has had a vision? You saw something that was spiritual. Okay, Way up high, way up high. The room needs to see this last week. Just this last week. You've been in prayer or worship and you've really felt the presence of God. Put your hand way up high. Okay, now we got most of the room. Awesome. In this last week, who felt like in your schedule, as you're going about your day, you got set up for a God moment? This is just this week. In this week, who has had an answer to prayer? These are just the questions that I wrote down. Here's the last one. It's a catch-all question. If you felt like you encountered God somehow in a way that I haven't described yet, put your hand up. Dozens. The room's just about full. Okay. What did you think revival would look like? How much more has to happen before you're all in, right? Like, Why am I saying this? Because something has shifted in the Spirit. Holy Spirit has been in the background, coordinating things, organizing things, setting things up. He's been operating, as Bill Johnson calls him, Jehovah Sneaky. But Holy Spirit is now moving to center stage, and he's beginning to assert himself. Like, I'm talking Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, okay? That's what's taking place now. It's getting real. And somehow we thought that, you know, there's a level of encounter that's okay and whatnot, and I'm going to... I'm going to bust through this part real quick. John the Baptist in the wilderness has enough Holy Spirit that he's like, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Boom, he identifies the Christ. That's him. That's the Messiah. You give it a little time, John's in jail, and he sends a delegate to Jesus with a heartbreaking question. Are you the one? Or are we waiting for someone else? Something shifted there. John saw the stuff. Okay, but let's get a little closer. Let's get inside the 12. For three years, 12 guys were every day with Jesus, right? Tight. Judas was one of the 12. When they were casting out devils, Judas was doing it. The, the, the multiplication of loaves and fish that happened twice, feeding thousands of people, Judas was doing it. He was picking up the scraps. He saw it firsthand, right? When people were raised from the dead, and, and I jumped to Lazarus, Jesus and the 12, they go to their buddy's place. If Lazarus is dead, they know who Lazarus is. They know Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha come out weeping because he's been in the tomb for a while now. It's done. It's not a, well, I didn't know them. Were they really dead? Judas was there when Jesus said, roll the stone back. Oh, Jesus, there's going to be a smell. 
Like it was real for Judas. So what happened? Right? And there's interesting details you can kind of weave together. You know, Judas had the money bag. There, you know, people were giving donations and whatnot. He had the money bag. Luke tells us that he used to dip in. He's with the creator of heaven and earth. He's with the Messiah. He's with the one who's raising the dead and casting out devils. He's playing the game right beside Jesus. What happened? Then Satan entered Judas. Judas had left the door open. and I mean, he had covered his tracks so well that at the Last Supper, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. Judas gets up and leaves. The way it looks in my head is nuts. Judas gets up and leaves, and the other 11 are like, huh, weird. He must be going to give money to the poor. Like, his cover was that good. The thing that he left unchecked that close to Jesus rose up and bit him. We've got to be okay with a manifest presence of God that does this. First Samuel, Saul sends some people to go get Samuel. Some stuff happens. I'm just going to read this little bit here. Verse 22, Then he himself went to Ramah and came to the great well that's in Seku, and he said, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they're at Naoth and Ramah. And he went there to Naoth and Ramah, and the Spirit of God came upon him also. And as he went, he prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. And he too stripped off his clothes, and he too prophesied before Samuel and lay naked all day and all night. God's not worried about your nakedness. He's not worried about your flesh. He's not surprised by it, but he is dealing with it. In his pace, and his time. But the moment of the authority and the rulership of Holy Spirit is here now. We've prayed for decades in the church. I, you know, I've been saved for 30 years, and we've prayed, God, let it, be, let it be just like Acts. And we had an idea of what that meant. We thought all the fun stuff. What we didn't count on was things like, and they sold all their goods and distributed the money to whoever had need. I mean, they probably would have been okay with selling somebody else's house. And Holy Spirit was so strong on people that believers died in his presence. Ananias and Sapphira were believers. They were walking close. They were seeing the miracles. They were, they were ground zero as it happened. But when the presence is that manifested, ooh, you got to be careful. And that's where we're at. I know it's for this church. I feel like it's about to bust out all over Canada. And I'm, I'm hearing that other nations, I actually, now I connect the dots. Lance Wallnow, some of you know his name, travels a bunch. And what he's reporting back is everywhere he goes, the people that he's talking to are all saying, something big's coming. <laughs> something big is coming. Something big is coming. Something big is coming. When something can arise in the world that subdues the whole earth, 
Heaven's not just going to sit back. Something big is coming. And your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. You are dead in Christ and raised again. You don't get to say anymore. He's kind, so he'll hear your opinions. But when it comes down to making decisions and doing, the doing is all going to be his plan. And so Jesus tells the 12 before he goes to the cross, it's better for you that I leave. I'm sending, or Father is sending someone who's going to guide you into all the truth. He's the spirit of truth, and he's going to take what's mine, and he's going to teach you and give to you what belongs to me. That means you're accountable. And so the spirit of the Lord is beginning to ask some hard questions. What are you making room for? What's your schedule look like? You're just going to leave me a hour and a half on Wednesday night and maybe an hour and a half on Sunday morning? Is that all I get? What about that money sitting in the bank account? Who's Lord? You or me? I feel like he wants to do a couple of things here today. First, let's hearken back to that part where I asked everybody to put up their hands. You saw how much God's talking, right? You all saw that. Picture a pebble dropping into a pond and the ripples that go out. Holy Spirit is about to do a ripple through the room. Not because I said so, because I'm not in charge. And when you feel it, put your hand up high. More and more hands going up. More and more hands going up. More and more hands going up. Here comes the second one. Here comes a third. It's appropriate to respond when he's doing something. So if you start speaking in tongues, that's great. If you, if you stand up, whatever it is, if you're feeling to respond to the Lord, do it then. The point that he's making is that you hear me. Pay attention to how that came because we're going to start doing a whole lot more of that in these days. I'm going to get you to talk to some people. I'm going to get you to go to some places. I'm going to get you to give some things. I'm going to get you to serve some places. So here comes three things. Number one, maybe you're like Judas. You left a door open somewhere. God's been talking to you already about it. You already know. But he's put his finger on it again this morning. It's this. Take this moment seriously then and get some business done. Don't let the sun go down tonight without dealing with it. The problem with flesh is we tend to try and defer it, put it off, I'll deal with it later, I'll, I'll commit later, I'll, well, I should just think about it a little bit more. Don't. Second thing. Maybe you're like Peter who has done everything that he knows to do. He's committed his guts out and still collapsed and still failed. Throughout the rest of the New Testament, you will read the phrase filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, full of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. What does filled mean? Right up to the highest point. Right up to the tippy top, tippy top, tippy top, tippy top. As full as you can possibly get. Is there some stuff in there that is blocking it up? There's an invitation right now in the Spirit 
how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? Do you want more Holy Spirit? Then we're going to get some business done today. And here's the third thing. It came up just in this service. I didn't know it was coming. Here's the third thing. There's been a number of times in our past, you know it, where you've said no to the Holy Spirit. He's prompted you and you went, no. I've done it. I know I've done it. And that no was like a pin that got put in and it's like it totally changed the course of what you could do and where you could go. Today is a day of grace where if you will repent of the no, he'll pull the pin back out. And on that one, if Holy Spirit's putting his finger on you about a no, put your hand up. Good. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take us at our word in this moment that we say we want you and we want you more than anything else. More than money, more than marriage, more than anything else. We want you. We want you to be first. We want you to fill us up to overflowing where it's spilling out and we give you permission to even have it look ugly or weird. Holy Spirit, we want you because we want to be ready for Jesus. We want to be ready. We want to be ready. We want to be a bride equally matched to the groom. We want to be ready. We want to be full. Holy Spirit, we're authorizing you inside the domain of our lives to shake and to change and to alter and to correct, to rebuke, to confront. Add grace where we're broken, where we can't obey because it's just not in us. Where some of us have tried so hard not to do that wicked thing that we know it's wicked, but we just can't stop. We can't break the cycle. We can't do it. We've tried and we've tried and we've tried and we've become discouraged. And we finally gave up and said, it must be just the way it is. Or worse, we said, there is no God. Ah. (sighs) We're asking that you take possession of that part of our heart. Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. We're asking at that level, Holy Spirit. And thank you for the gifts and all that part too, but what we're saying is we want to be set apart. We want to be holy as you're holy. We want to be other as you are other. We want to be separate as you are separate. So we give you our dignity, we give you our reputation, we'll dance when you say dance, we'll raise our hands when you say raise our hands, we'll try to follow all the subtleties and the nuances and the little things moment by moment, but we need your help, Holy Spirit. We need you to be second by second with us, we need you, we need you to remind us, we, we need you to fill that space. We need you to, uh, where our minds fail, where our hearts are, are cowardly and afraid, we need you to stand up inside us. And we agree to make mistakes on the way, trying to hear you. Replace the fear of man with the fear of God. This, uh, Isaiah eleven two. The last expression of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And we say, 
Give us the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, he's still going to do some stuff. I don't know what it is. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of looking around at the team now to go, okay. I just want to release the second part of that vision. I will remember it at the back, and it's fitting, and I feel. And it has to do with the messiness of the move of God. And so I'm reminded of the story when the Ark of the Covenant started to waffle, and there was a reach out to grab it. We're the Ark of the Covenant now. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we try to fix the mess, we actually cause destruction on ourselves. And so, Father, we ask for forgiveness. So, Father, I thank you that you take care of the messiness. You make the mess so you can clean up the mess, Lord. We trust you to clean up the messiness. We trust the angelic to minister to the mess. We're messy people. It's your joy that we're human and we encounter you in our humanity. I just feel it's important to know too, in that messiness, when you mess up, you're not disqualified. That is good news. You're not disqualified when you mess up. You get to just say, whoa, I'm sorry. I messed up. Can I have the grace to get beyond this? Because you'll disqualify yourself. First thing, you'll disqualify yourself. Well, God can't use me because I just keep, I just keep taking all the glory. How about, I'm sorry, Lord, I did it again. Forgive me. Give me the grace to walk this out. Give me the grace to, 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 to do it different. Oh, I did it again. Give me the grace. Lord, please, give me the grace. Change my heart. Change my heart. Here's the cool part. We've heard it before, but it's, it's so true. He can't be disappointed in you because nothing surprises him. He already knew. He already knew. And, and here's the other one. You don't have to earn his favor. You can't earn his favor. Because if you could, you would have to. What you do is you open yourself up to feeling it, to being aware of it. So when you are totally aware of his favor, that's a thing. That's a thing for real. We want to live there. I get it. So when you don't feel it, it's not that it isn't there. It's that you've closed it off. So again, Lord, we ask that you would open us up to feeling your favor, to seeing your face, to knowing your smile upon us. Lord, allow us to venture. Allow us to try. Can we make a commitment to allow one another to fail and make another commitment that we're just going to try? And let's see what he does. Amen? Well, we're going to say goodbye to our online viewership. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God would just continue to touch you this week. Again, isn't it beautiful just to see how the body of Christ functions together? All the different parts play a significant part and a significant role. And Lord, we thank you 
for the diversity in this body. We are family. Right? We accept each one. Bless you, Lord.